Oh, the mic's not working. <laughs> oh, no, my bad, my bad. Oh, damn it. I'll start that all over again. Yeah, it is Thursday. It, is, it, it is looks fine. very energetic, though, Mike. I know, I've got all the energy. <laughs> you try to do it the other way around with the camera off and just the voice. You've got to be up and down. But, yeah, it is Thursday. It's 9 UK Cowboys time, yes. Training camp edition. We have with us the great and the powerful Jamie Graham. And, of course, all the way from the States, we've got our good friend, Oh, Mr. J Tuck joining us again. How are we doing, guys? On? What's going on? What's going on? Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Thanks for giving us your time, man. Um, um, you can um, practice your openings over the next few weeks. Yeah, right. Practice makes perfect. <laughs> practice makes perfect. Yeah. Right. Yes. So uh, we're just going to look at this, uh, obviously, into what's gone on so far in training camp. Um, only got the two days, but we do have the pressure as well. Um, so we'll talk about that. We'll hit that straight out the gate now. Um, so we'll get everyone's thoughts and feelings on that as well. Obviously, at home, send us your comments, what you think about um, the presser, Mike McCarthy, Joe Jones, what Stephen Jones said. And uh, I'll ask these guys straight out the bat. So obviously, the camp all began. Yes, it was good. I love it. Love to see it all begin and start. Um Hit us straight away with a Mike McCarthy question. And I, I don't know what you think, right? And But for me, I'm just bored of this question now. And I'm fed up with the media doing the same old thing. And it's quite disrespectful as well when you think about it. That the first thing they came out the gate with when they see Mike McCarthy rolling into camp was, oh, job security. I mean, what are you guys thinking? We, we, we're pretty much ready to just like end this conversation? Or do you think it does need to reoccur? I think it's a fair and valid question. I think I think you better get used to it, Mike, because it's going to be a question that's going to linger throughout the season because, you know, it really isn't any due to Mike McCarthy's fault. It's more about no. Jerry Jones. Like, Jerry Jones kind of put this out in the air, you know, after the season. So, you know, it's yeah. smart media to really question, you know, is he secure with his job? I mean, they did, you know, bring Kellen Moore back. They did also bring Dan Quinn back who Jerry Jones has a connection to as well. You know, yeah. Jerry kind of voices opinion after the San Francisco game. And so everyone is thinking it, but, you know, I know what Jerry's doing. He's trying to protect this guy for this season. But sometimes when you kind of light that fire, here's where it, we end up. And so it's going to be interesting to see how things play out. I think that Mike McCarthy is definitely going to prove his value um, this year because James Slater asked him today. And mm. it's one of those questions that kind of was like, whoa, he was like, well, how often do you and Dak kind of just, you know, talk outside of football and just outside of the locker room? And he kind of said he wants to be organic, but he wasn't like he's like, oh, yeah, me and Dak are constantly texting each other in conversation. So if he isn't tied to the hip with the quarterback and yeah. that's what his main thing is, he doesn't call the plays, I guess. He doesn't help, you know, with the play calling. It's just like, what do you actually do? And so yeah. I feel like Mike McCarthy's really going to prove his value. But if things tend to slide, Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones might look elsewhere. Mm. I know, Jamie, you got a, a thought on, on Mike McCarthy with his job security, but well, uh, t tell us what you think. Yeah, well, before we point out, just, it is a bit disrespectful, isn't it, just for the fact that you know, yeah. this guy's brought to do a job. It's the Cowboys, we always expect this. Um, but Dan Green coming back on a contract that you can, in some ways, spin it and think, you know what, some head coaches are not on that amount of money. And also, 
Sean Payton's out there at the minute. I know he's sabbatical retirement, however you want to call it. At the so I think until that's a bit more clear on what he's going to do next season, I think it's always going to be um, it's going to be a hot topic of, of questions and going through the season. Um, but yeah, we we had a conversation this morning. I mean, it kind of stemmed back yeah. a little bit of what you guys were talking about last week about what does Mike McCarthy got to do and. Uh, I don't think a Super Bowl win would save him this year. And more so just for the fact that Sean Penn is out there. Jerry Jones loves him. I think if it, all those years ago when he left to go to New Orleans, I think if Jerry could have kept him around, he would have done. And he would have been the head coach before Jason Garrett got in charge. So I just, I just can't see. Unless he, unless he snapped up before the season's finished, I just I can't see the, the, the head coaching um, position going any other way than, than the former Saints coach. And that's not disrespect to Mike McCarthy. I think he's a great coach. And when when we um, we took him on, I I, I think we had a question in our little admin group saying, "Do not he's probably the right guy to take this team forward." But things change fast in football. We all know, don't we? And yeah, I think that Deshaun Payton. Unexpected departure from New Orleans as fun and reach banner it works. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what what do you think, Greg? I know me and you have had this conversation before on this show about yeah. Mike McCarthy's minimum requirement to keep a job. But Jamie's saying yeah. even the Super Bowl won't save him. What do you think? I think that um the the media certainly in terms of Dallas look at it as in you, you are Super Bowl champions or you're not. Mm. And I think that the fact that they haven't been to the Super Bowl for a long, long time, it's the, the patience is starting to wear thin a little bit. I also don't think that the success that um, Zach Taylor has had in Cincinnati in such a short time is helping all that much either. Um, I mean, they've, they've, they've drafted extremely well and those draft picks have taken them to the Super Bowl. So um, every team around the league must must think about their process and if Zach Taylor can take the Bengals to the Super Bowl, why can't we do that in such a short space of time? So yeah. especially when you have um a ready re- replacement towards the end of this season. Um but I also think there's a little sprinkling of um media magic from Jerry in terms of this like um you know ATT will sell out for another season and I think this is all part of <laughs> this is all part of a full stadium and um, mm. Jerry's mm. never met a microphone that he doesn't like and all those kind of birds words that we throw out so um, <laughs> I think it's a little bit of an overreaction um, but I I think there has to be a deep playoff run for Mike McCarthy to still have the job in 2023 yeah that's for sure and I mean going off what Jerry said in yesterday's press conference um <laughs> Uh, you know, you could tell even by the body language, he didn't believe what he was saying. But um, he said he believes that this roster, he said that they're, they're better this year right now than they were this time last year. Mm. I don't know. I suppose he's got to say it, but I don't feel that. 
Not at all. Not at all. And we all know Jerry's a salesman, and he has to keep Cowboys fans optimistic, right? Because he wants yeah, to keep people in that stadium. But we're smart enough to understand that this roster is not in the same predicament it was last season coming into the season. Not I mean, really. one, you had Dak Prescott coming back being healthy. Two, you had Michael Gallup, City Lamb, and Amari Cooper. That was just a huge boost. And then you think about the death with the offensive line. So, you know, Zeke was a one season younger. Tony Pollard was one season younger. Dalton Schultz was playing for a contract, so he was more motivated. So everything last year kind of fit offensively a lot better than what we're seeing this year. Now, defensively, you can say, okay, we might be in a better spot. Possibly. Yeah, agree. But there's still yeah. some question marks on defense that we have some unknowns about. Mm -hmm. And yep. so it's just, you know, I get what Jerry was trying to do to kind of sell the fan base, but there's no way that you can believe that this team's in a better situation. And kudos yeah. to the Dallas Cowboys media because they're starting to press back on not only, you know, Mike McCarthy, but also the front office. Like, okay, it doesn't make sense because the main thing that Jerry said, the reason why he moved on from some players was availability. Yeah. Yeah, and you yeah. sign Michael Gallup, who hasn't been available, and then Tang. Randy, yeah, Tank LVE, LVE, and then you had Randy Gregory, who had his first season, but you tried to match that deal and bring him back, and so it's like, all right, I get what you're trying to do, but it doesn't make sense. And like I said, mm. kudos to the Cowboys media for pressing back on it. Yeah, I mean, it's a nice segue because that was going to be the next place I go to because the other one is well. The comment was um, about availability, which I think is mainly directed at Coop. Mm -hmm. uh, that was definitely where he was going. But also, the other one was Stephen Jones's comment about that. He said, look, I know it's not what we do in the offseason isn't sexy. We're not like the Rams. We don't go out and get these players on one-year deals and try and push for it. We want to try and get success um, through all this. And I just said, you're hearing it, and you're hearing but." Yeah, okay. You, it, it's not. It, it's a copycat league, and you don't want to go mm -hmm. down that road. Okay, fair enough. But at the end of the day, your goal is a Super Bowl. <laughs> it doesn't matter right. what you're going to do. Just yeah. if, if, your, your objective right now, this start at this time in the season, is to get your roster to find out what you've got and go get players that are good and key, i.e., Anthony Barr, <laughs> mm -hmm. right. and fill a void to get you to a Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. I don't know what your takes on all of that is. Yeah, I mean, it is a copycat league, and the traditionally what you do, you copycat. It's a winning formula. So that was the frustrating part. It wasn't like, you know, you're copying something that didn't work. It worked clear as day when it comes to the Rams, right? So it's yeah. like, yeah, 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 if you have to kind of copy that, I would rather you mimic that than I have no idea what you're mimicking. And it sounds like what Stephen Jones is doing right now, he's pushing all his chips in the draft, and if it flops, then we'll go shop, right? Then we'll go get a wide receiver. Then we'll go get a swing tackle. There was reports today about Matt Walesko, who Stephen Jones spoke about yesterday, That's had right, Andre yeah. and left practice today. All right, so now we got to go look at a swing tackle possibly. Mm -hmm. But then the depth in the, the, the players is depleted by then. So, yeah. you know, it's frustrating from a Cowboys fan standpoint is because we're worried about now. We're worried about the 2022 season. Stephen Jones in the front office, they're looking more futuristic down the line. He mentioned about saving 15 million, allocating towards the practice squad and players that are coming up in contracts in the next two to three years. Well, Cowboys fans are, what about this year? What are you doing to show Cowboys fans you're all in committed, not just winning a few games, not being competitive in the division, but winning a Super Bowl? And for right now, you just haven't seen anything. So, 
Yeah, I mean, like we see Julio go to the Bucks, right? Mm -hmm. So that that was that's a crazy one. Ty Hilton is still available. That you know, you can argue about longer than two injury history, mm -hmm. all the rest of it. The same with some other players, but then. They've done it twice now, where they've gone to the USFL and picked two players up to try and fill roster spots. Mm -hmm. Now, so far, what I've seen today with Turpin has been quite interesting, because um, obviously they've signed this TCU player who was MVP of the USFL, um, but it just seems to be... And he, he hasn't looked bad. Mm -hmm. But then I can remember, and it clicked straight away when I heard the name, and I was like, uh, and I said to Jamie about this, I was like, I remember him back in college and he, mm -hmm. there was like a massive scandal um, mm -hmm. and everything because not a scandal, but a situation that arose and he got arrested and then it was back and forth. And this mm -hmm. guy is like, again, he's like, even when he was playing in the USFL, he got arrested. So there's mm -hmm. a lot of off field issues with this guy. Um, although he looks good, but it just seems to be, again, this is just another example of them not wanting to go and get the big splash to get mm. there and just like trying to fill holes and voids, if you like, with what they can scrape together. I don't know what, mm -hmm. what you think, Tuck. Yeah, I, I, and I agree. And when it comes to Turpin, as you mentioned, there was some issues at TCU and also in the USFL, oh, yeah. you know, now yeah. I'll say this, I will say he was kind of a, a fall from heaven. And the reason why is because it gets this guy off a of punt return. So I don't give a damn yes. who they bring in. As long as they get City Lamb off a of punt return, they could have put yeah. me back there, you know, but it does nothing. It doesn't move the needle. If the Cowboys were a seven going into the season, we're a seven right now after that addition. And it's like they're trying just to find these diamonds in the rough, these cheap value players, where it's yeah. all risk and no, you know, no, uh, you know, I mean, all reward and no risk. And mm -hmm. I get that, but it really doesn't push the needle forward. And I no. said this last year, last year was the worst thing to happen to the Dallas Cowboys because they got J. Ron Kirst. They got lucky on that. People forget that they didn't sign Malik Hooker initially. They signed mm -hmm. KZ over Malik Hooker That's and right, then yeah. circled back and got Malik Hooker and happened to get lucky there. So mm -hmm. from Stephen Jones' standpoint, it's like, oh, we did it last year. We can do it again. Well, <laughs> it doesn't necessarily work that way. Just like some years we can hit and get a Micah Parsons and a Trayvon Diggs. We can also get a Tristan Hill and a Taco Charlton in the draft. So you've got to be able to balance it. And I feel like the Cowboys just haven't done a good job of balancing great draft classes with a great free agency. I agree. And Stephen Jones said that he was like, "Well, when has um, you know winning in the off season um, has gotten us nowhere? Like, well, when have we really won in the off season? I was you know probably in middle school by then. So it's just like I don't yeah. get their their mentality. So it's frustrating. But you know, yeah. we'll I mean, did you did you see Clarence Hill's comments to Jerry? Which ones? <laughs> it's brilliant. <laughs> so he said to Jerry, turn around and he just said, like, I, I try and ignore." All the bad stuff and think of all the success. And <laughs> just turned around and went, Oh, and he's like, I go back to the success that uh -huh. we've had to fall back on. And Clarence is like, Okay, in the last 20 years, what are you falling back on? And right. I was just like, Oh, yeah, kudos. Yeah, yeah. it was a fair question. So it is, it is because I feel like the Dallas Cowboys are comfortable. They are comfortable right now if we win nine or 10 games, mm. they'll be able to spin it. They'll say they're frustrated, right? But, you know, they still had a winning season. Fans, we were kind of on the edge until December. We was right there, you know, and it keeps us on this roller coaster. But I think last year 
we're exhausted as fans because it took so much out of us because we <laughs> i really believed in that team like yeah once we once there. we won that new england team it for beat new england i was just like all right, this is for real. And we had Michael Parsons, you had Trayvon Diggs. The offense was clicking and for the beat Minnesota flat. with a bunch of with, with Cooper Rush. Yeah, exactly. So it felt good going last yeah. year. And then a lot of us was like, okay, 12 and 5. We got punched in the mouth versus San Francisco. Let's just dump a draft class and some additional free agent pieces on top of that and get yeah. right back to work. But then now we completely depleted everything and where we always lean heavily on was at least I know no matter what, if Dak Prescott was up, you give me Dak Prescott and Mari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup, we're going to be in the conversation. We're going to be in the thick yeah. of things. But now since yeah. you take that away, I don't know where our offense is going to look like. So there's a lot of yeah. question marks on what used to be a strength for the Cowboys. Yeah, because me and Jamie were talking this morning um, as we were both on our way to work and what have you. And I was saying that when you look at it, when you if you just turn around and you say, right, Tank, Dak, Zeke, Gala, Parsons, Diggs. You mm-hmm. say that and you go, okay, just those players on their own, you can say winning season. That's an mm-hmm. eight, you know, like a, as it is now. It's all mm-hmm. messed up with everything. But, you know, it's a, an eight, nine win season. Right. right. But in order to get those extra wins, what you're looking for, I think, this season and it's crazy that we're here, that this is what the Cowboys need. And I think this is where camp is going to show it. We need another, like, the 2022 version of whatever we had in, like, some breakout players last year. Mm-hmm. That's what we need. We need, like, that or that, that J-Ron curse of this year mm-hmm. to be able to get us onto just into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what they're trying to do with all these muddled up players that they've got, that they've just brought them all in and gone, let's see if we can get this year's J-Ron curse again. Right, yeah, exactly. Let's hope that James Washington is going to be the J-Ron curse, you know. But think about the huge boost that we got just from our rookie and Micah Parsons. Like, make no mistakes about it, that was a huge impact. And so I think Tyler Smith is going to be incredible this year, but he's just the offensive Mm -hmm. lineman, offensive guard. So there's still a lot of issues offensively. And so you think about this. At least last year, they brought in outside guys. This year, they brought mm. in three. They brought in mm. Fowler, Washington, and I forgot the, the third. I think it's like a special team. Well, if you want to count. Hold like- on, hold on, hold on. I got it. No, 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 no. Who's the other? I'm going, I'm going through it all. Yeah, that that, that's, that, that explains it. That, yeah, <laughs> to find out who's the other acquisition that came from the outside. So it's just like. You know, pretty much we're going in with what we had last year and two additional people, you know? Like, I I don't know. I don't know. Seems yeah. like Mike McCarthy up to fail. <laughs> You're asking well, me. It is, well, it, it's, it's kind of been a pissed over some cracks in it. And I, I mean that in terms of the NFC is so poor at the minute. But the Cowboys, when I say it, kind of fought on the offseason at the bad in terms of players lost to who they brought in is because the rest of the division just can't seem to get together so the Cowboys could bring in some lesser players so to speak and, and make up their numbers and put, could probably still get away still come out of this season and win the division and you're then back to square one next off season and maybe the season after because they're, they're on essentially rebuild mode and the Cowboys are still playing on hoping to get there as I say we still kind of got an offensive line. We've still got a quarterback 
going to a high level. Zeke's looking really trim this offseason and looks like he's ready to bat home. It's just like, like it always seems like that never in the cycle and kind of like when you to reflect back to what you said back on the comments, it's starting to get a little bit boring somewhere here because the Cowboys have been relevant really since since the nineties and they've not really done all and it's like when is when is this finally the nail gonna they're gonna hit the nail there and go, Do you know what? We we need to completely find if we wanna be serious contenders going forward. Mm-hmm. And talk, yeah. you've shared a couple of, uh, you shared one particular video, it was the third down video from AT&T, and everybody in front of you was in their seat on third mm. down. Do you think the Cowboys fans have got used to mediocrity? Do you think we're just we're just quite happy to be a 10-17? and 17? Good point. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. When I'm at mm. those games in my section, it's just a place to be. It's just a, it's just something to do on Sunday nights just to have a good time. And, <laughs> yeah, like, and people were like, well, what quarter? Like, that was the Denver game, but that was the first quarter of the Denver game. Remember, we went for it on fourth down. We got stopped, and we had them in the third down. That was it. That was the first, like, it wasn't like we were getting blown out and everything. It was really in the trenches of the first quarter. But, you know, I feel like a lot of Cowboys fans kind of accept mediocrity and, as long as those fans are in those seats, I feel like there's no pressure on the front office to do anything about it. Mm, you know, it's yeah. just like because people you know, will keep turning up. Because think about it: in the '90s, Jerry had to build build a brand, yeah, build yeah, something yeah, new, yeah. build an engine, right? Build a new business. So he had to create excitement, hype, winning, continue the tradition that was left over from Tom Landry to make himself mm-hmm. feel solidified for firing him, right? Yeah. But at yeah. this point, there's been no accountability on the front office. Like it just hasn't. Like any other general manager would have been fired a oh, long yeah. time ago. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. And it's just crazy because it's just like, what can you do? And I think ultimately, if the Cowboys fans want to press, you got to hit the Cowboys where they really care the most about it's in their wallet. But we love our team too much to do it. Like I said, I'm a season mm-hmm. ticket holder. My season ticket deposit was due in March 1st. So what? That was like a month away from, you know, after the playoff loss, I already had to pay or I would lose my tickets. Like, I didn't know any roster moves, nothing. And it's just like, it's a recycle. And so, you know, I I don't know what's going to change, y'all. I honestly don't think it's ever going to change. I'm getting to the point where he's got to accept it for it is what it is. So it's just like so many free. I mean, look, we have lowered our standard as Cowboys fans when we ask for free. We're just asking for Anthony Barr. Like we're, yeah. not, we're, we're not even asking for Bobby Wagner anymore. You know, we're asking for an AJ Green or a T.Y. Hill. I mean, like we're asking yeah. for the very bottom of the shelf now. Like just please just do something, <laughs> you, know? <laughs> like, you know? You know, whenever, whenever it's free agency time and people are asking like, okay, Tuck, what kind of free agents do we look after? I hit the sort button and sort from the bottom to the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was cheapest, but yeah, it what's is the cheapest. Yeah, yeah, it is true. It just seems to be that that is their ethos. And um, I heard a funny one before <laughs> where I said like one of the easiest jobs to be in the NFL is a scout, a draft scout for the Rams. Mm-hmm. But my argument to that is, but what about the pro scouts for Dallas? <laughs> right, exactly. This <laughs> is true, you know. Yeah. Um, but I, like you say, until we see things change and move. This is where we are. But to bring it to some positive notes, well, Mike McCarthy. Though, 
Okay. Our free agency has been so bad this offseason. I posted a picture of me being signed to the Cowboys, and people believe it. That's how crazy it is. You know? so. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, Mike McCarthy, he has spoken, funnily enough, uh, today in the press conference, very dark orientated um, I felt. Um, spoke about, like, how good he is to coach. Um, <clears throat> said that... Uh, one particular comment he made was um, that, yeah, defense wins championships, but quarterbacks win Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. I think that was quite an important one. Um, but let's talk about Michael Gallup. Um, he did say he's in the fourth quarter of his rehab. That's interesting. Seen him as well on the field doing some shuttle work as well. That's mm-hmm. quite interesting. Jabril Cox not on the active pup list. I think that's mm-hmm. quite important. But let's talk about the guys who we've seen uh, and what you guys think. Um, Mike Gallup, I think that's quite good. That's good what we're seeing. Jabril Cox, yeah. Um, Dean Clark, uh, Damone Clark, sorry, kind of knew that was coming. Uh, Drummond, Mosley, Aaron Hansford, all on pup. But a lot of people are talking about it. What some people don't realize, though, with pup is you have to put them on pup straight away. You can't, like, have them training. You have to put them on pup first. Then you can always take them off later down the road. Mm-hmm. So I think that's more of them just covering their bases for now and then seeing what they get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ooh. I agree. Yeah, I, I will I, be right back. Yeah, yeah. I think it was um, refreshing, kind of hearing you know positivity about Michael Gallup. I think that's the huge question mark. Now, if you were to come out and tell a lot of Cowboys fans, "Hey, we're going to have Michael Gallup for Week One," a lot of us would kind of just all right exhale a little bit. But we know that's not the case, and so I feel like once we finally get that timetable on Michael Gallup, where we kind of know then we're going to feel a lot better. Let's say, for instance, they come out and we find out Michael Gallup's only going to miss four games. Then we can say, okay, I understand why y'all didn't go get a Julio Jones or make any moves with the wide receiver, right? But now if we find out that, hey, he's not going to be back until almost Thanksgiving, then we go back into panic mode. So I think once we get that timetable when it comes to Michael Gallup, you know, a lot of Cowboys fans will kind of just understand a lot more what's going on. Um, for the most part, yesterday, you know, I love what I saw from Drew Cox early. Like to have him not on the pup list, he was out there flying next to Micah. It looks like the speed, the agility, all acceleration that we saw last year was still there, and so that's very refreshing. Because you know, as much as we harp on the wide receiver core, the linebacker core is also a concern for me as well because. We know LVE had his first full season of health, but if he goes down, that wide receiver room gets diminished very quickly because who's going to play that middle linebacker position because you want to keep Micah as your roamer, and you're also going to have, you know, Jabril Cox kind of your weak side guy, um, you know, in coverage, and then also maybe tossing J. Ron Curse. So I would definitely keep an eye on that, but that was refreshing. Um, yesterday, I love what I saw from Jalen Tolbert, man. Jalen Tolbert was a favorite of mine when I found him way back in February. And it looks like him and Dak are already in sync. It looks like Dak was trusting him in tight windows. He loved his catch radius. He was going up there making plays. And so, you know, it's going to be very important that Jalen Tolbert gets off into a credible start. You know, unfortunately, it's a lot of pressure to toss on a third-round pick. But the way the Cowboys currently are is just – you know, yeah. <laughs> we are need you to yeah. really step up. And so I'm expecting big things from Jalen Tolbert. Who do you think will be number three? Uh, Why did you see your number three week one up? Yeah, I, I, I think it's going to be James Washington. I think they're going to lean towards James Washington. 
um, you know, you might see a situation now. I don't know. Maybe there's something that they see that we don't see every day, but I think the Cowboys love Noah Brown. So you might see him in rotation out there. Um, but I think James Washington, if healthy, is going to be that number three, number two guy. Because even yesterday in the, in the past that he dropped when he got down the field, I mean, he's explosive. Like that's something he really could do out at Oklahoma State. Like he can get past the defense, right? But it's just being in sync, being able to, to come down with it him and Dak really have to connect. So I think that James Washington's going to be that guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike McCarthy spoke about it today. He said he wanted wide receivers that are interchangeable inside, outside guys that can do a little bit of everything, but also can play a little bit in the backfield. So that was kind of the reason with Turpin. But you see CeeDee Lamb in the backfield sometimes. They're yeah. also probably going to utilize Tony Pollard a little bit in that magnitude. So, you know, they, they probably want to get creative. But sometimes we know when we hear creative in Dallas, you might get too damn cute, right? So it's like <laughs> we have to see it all unfold. But I think that James Washington is going to be that guy. And you might see TJ Vasher, you know, get sprinkled in maybe like in red zone, you know, because he's just a big target. I feel like he's going to be on that roster. I know the competitions yeah. between him and Simi Fioco. Me personally, I'm not the highest on Simi Fioco. I think he, you know, he was kind of that big catch guy last year but really didn't emerge as one and so i feel like if tj vasher really comes through this preseason he might take that wide receiver four slash five spot yeah. but it's gonna be interesting on on last week's show we discussed uh you, you touched on linebacker depth to go back to linebacker mm-hmm. uh we discussed the possibility who are your three linebackers if you for instance play michael parsons at defensive end pass rusher you know if you move him around a little bit we thought it was particularly thin at linebacker. Who would your three be in that instance if you were to move Parsons on the D-line? Yeah, and, and that's the question. So it's like, all right, so you have LVE, you'll have Jabril Cox. Um, I think what well, Malik Jackson, does he count as that offseason acquisition that came from now? So I guess he was the – Yeah, I guess so, yeah. yeah. yeah there you yeah. go. There he is. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> there you go. Um, so you might can consider Malik Jackson, though. You know, he's very raw, also Harper. Um, you know, so you got some raw guys out there. So I think, you know, when we primarily play nickel, you might see a situation where – it's either going to be LVE and J. Ron Curse, or you might see even Jabril Cox and J. Ron Curse a little bit more because we're not going to play base that much, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like, you know, I think that you're going to see maybe those two, that combination. But after that, man, you know, you have Luke Gifford and, you know, kind of those special team guys are kind of unproven. And, you know, I say this, and a lot of Cowboys fans forget about it, our run defense wasn't the best last year. And I felt like – what was really the makeup for our run defense last year was our passing offense because we got up so quickly, you couldn't just run the ball. You had to pass. You had to put it in bad situations for Diggs and, you know, Micah to come get you. But it's like, all right, if our offense isn't as efficient with scoring, able to strike, then when we play the the Colts and we play the the Derrick Henrys, those teams that just want to run the ball, run the ball and beat you down. It's like, I want to see if we're going to be able to step up and answer the call, which we really didn't last year. But, you know, what, what Philadelphia is doing right now, you know, they're going to branch off the run game also in yeah. Washington as well. So, you know, we really need to strengthen our run defense and make sure it's solid, especially in the interior. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Man. <laughs> Just make what, a few acquisitions, you would think. So. Uh, yeah. What What do you think, Jay? What do you think of linebacker? As much as – I like seeing Parsons presenting the dirt on that on that line. I just think you've got to keep a linebacker. Um, listening to the break yesterday um, to open camp up, 
a lot of his, if you look at a lot of his stats and a lot of his sacks that came when he was stood up, um, I think that's where he's more effective. Let's like say he's great with cancer, there, but he's just his awareness um, and the, the, how he likes to attack as well. I think you, you've got to, even more so with the, the depth of how our linebacker guard is at the minute. I just think it's, it's someone you can't afford to jiggle around a little bit. And, and I think we're, even though we lost Randy Gregory, we've still got a bonus talent on that on that defensive line. And like you say, talking about opportunities, um, letting people go. You've got Patrick Alston, is it a, 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 a punctuality or them kind of them kind of guys when got we got on the field last year, that the made some plays and they the put themselves about a bit. So why kind of try to tweak it a little bit more? Um, just kind of get Mike Parsons a little bit more involved at both levels. You keep, stick to what you know. He's yeah. He's an absolute beast from from the linebacker call. Get in there and, and get some of these young guys in and see what they can do. Like you say. We've, we've put out there that we're going to let them have a go, so they've got to back themselves up now and, and let these guys get on the field and, and get some get some big plays under Yeah, mate, we're just talking about linebacker depth, and um, uh, like we we, um, we discussed who could be this year's Jaron Kers. I think they would love it to be Dante Fowler. Mm-hmm. If yeah. they could have, if they could he, have Dante he's Fowler, the biggest unknown. Yeah, if they could have him have the the number one or the first round pick talent that we've, we've wanted to see from Fowler opposite yeah. Demarcus Lawrence. It allows you to put um, Parsons in at a linebacker where he's most effective. Yeah. He can rush, he can drop into coverage. So yeah. if if he turns out to be this year's Jaron Kers, um, we can happily see him go and sign for $20 million. He is the, wi- he is the biggest wild card. <laughs> yeah. I mean, me, me, and you spoken, me and you spoke about this and like we did an article um last week about camp battles in each mm-hmm. position and for defensive end we put Dante Fowler versus Dorrance Armstrong because he's got to be and ironically like my daughter who has a lot of teething problems um <laughs> that is the linebacker position mm-hmm. yeah I agree yeah. Um, you know not to not to kind of jump forward onto just with what Joe said about, about CD Lamb do you think this is probably his most important training camp so far, and now he's the Carols have come out and gone. Do you know what? You are our number one wide receiver, and if if this doesn't pan out, he's, he doesn't start the season. Um, Auckland's losing. Do we, do we panic and think like what direction is this Cowboys team going? Because we predominantly been a run game while we've had Zeke in this offense, but making kind of some of the moves that we had, especially picking CD up in, in the draft. And you're thinking, you know, we're going to have this nice monster on offense, and we've got rid of one. We've got one that's coming back from a quite a big injury, and then for QB, oh, sorry, QB, I would say the one to then put her out and, and not really be affected. Do we then sit there and go, do you know what? Is it time to just completely overhaul this complete team and, and say, you know what, we failed and move on? Yeah, I mean, I like. Waiting on this one as well, angry. But for me, I think people are um, being quite unfair. I think to CD Lamb that when mm. you look the last year, people are saying like he needs to be the wide receiver one on a team last year where there was so many options available to Dak. 
CD Lamb still came out as wide receiver one. Hmm. What they're doing is that they're just marking CD Lamb's draft price and to his draft hype to he's never in the top 10 in yards or touchdowns in the league. But look at his targets. His targets have never been a lot. Like there's games where CD Lamb's on like two targets for a game. Mm-hmm. Not receptions, targets. Like that's not a wide receiver one. That's a guy on a team that has so many receiving options. He's buried on a depth. That's what right. I think. Yeah, and I think when it comes to CD, I, I definitely agree with you, Mike. It's not about talent. It's about how his usage, right? You, you and, I, and I tell people, yeah, if, yeah. If, 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 I, if I was to take CD Lamb and I would have dropped him off in Cincinnati before they got Jamar Chase, he has the same big numbers that a lot of these wide receivers that a lot of people ooh and yeah. ah over, right? Yeah. Like you said, he was not only sharing targets with you know Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper, but also Dalton Schultz and Schultz. Cedric Wilson. Like the ball yeah. was being spread around, so. Yeah. You know, I feel like if you use C.D. Lamb as the guy, he can definitely be the guy. And I know a lot of people question his drops, but like I always preach on my channel, I want to see a trend. He had two drops versus Tampa. He mm-hmm. did what he made up for, right, with the big catch that put us in. We should have won the he, game. He should right? have, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then he didn't have another drop to almost week 10. So it's just like, you know, I see that people are like, oh, he drops the ball too much. But no one says that when Debo Samuel drops the ball, you know, or Keenan mm-hmm. Allen drops the ball. And so it's like, all right, Cowboys fans, I, I get it. You want to critique and find a reason why this guy isn't going to work. But CeeDee Lamb, and I said this the moment we drafted him, he became our number one wide receiver the moment yeah. we drafted him. They drafted yeah. him with that intent. So it's like, go back to when he was at OU. He played next to Hollywood Brown. And then when Hollywood Brown was gone, he was the only was, option yeah. in that <laughs> offense, right? You know what I'm saying? So yeah. Like, like, well, I don't know if he can beat a double team. He's beat double teams pretty much his whole career. He's yeah. perfectly fine. My concern when it comes to CeeDee Lamb is, is Kellen Moore is going to find ways to get him involved because you can't just use him as a traditional wide receiver like Amari Cooper. Yeah. No, Move no, him no. around, slot, outside, backfield, jet sweeps. Just get him involved, get the ball in his hands. So quickly. Kellen Moore quickly. Right. It's yeah. the same thing with Dez. Like with Dez yeah. Brown, I'm like, just get the ball in his hands. Quick screen, <laughs> boom, and just let him go. Let him go. Yeah. But it was yeah. like, you know. That's it. Mm-hmm. You know what? I think you're I think it took most of my mind because the next comment that was going to come out of my mouth was the Cowboys had no problems leaning on Dez and throwing the ball up and letting Dez go and make plays. That's what you want from your wide receiver one. I think it was it was preached on a lot of the Cowboys channels last year that your wide receiver one, throw it, throw it to double coverage in, in the end zone, let him go and do what, what a wide receiver would go do. I think I think you've got to do it, because otherwise you're going to be three years down the line, and you're still going to be like, "City's going to break out here. City's going to break out here." Yeah, <laughs> I was like, not getting him in to them decisions when they're openly coming out and say, "Right, we've got rid of Mary Cooper, mm. we're placing him above Michael Gallup on the death chart." We'll now tailor the playbook a little bit to show that and, and make you ride right, yourself go make some plays. Otherwise, yeah. you're not going to do it. We're, we're just literally we're going to be stuck in these. Well, what is it now? It's nine and eight seasons in now. The extra games there. Yeah. Mediocre, mediocre, mediocre. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great. That's a great point. What talk me because when you talk about Debo Samuel, nobody talks about the drop because mm-hmm. no. In that same game, he maybe have got eighty yards in, in the air, sixty yards on the ground, and a touchdown. So mm-hmm. nobody's talking about the 
the drop. They're talking about the 140 yards mm-hmm. uh, game-winning touchdown that he, he, he scored. So, um, for me, we can only judge C.D. Lamb when he does get 10 to 15 targets a game. Mm-hmm. Um, once once he has that, then we can fully judge him. Because, like you said, Tuck, he maybe only got two targets and he maybe dropped one of them. That's that's the main focal point. More opportunity equals more chances to score, more yardage. So, um, we'll, yeah. we'll find out about C.D. Lamb, but don't well, write he, him off. Here we go, right? I, just to give you an example. Right. This is like this. This is his season last season. So Tampa, like you said, fifteen targets over a hundred yards and a touchdown. Then he goes three targets. This is targets, mm-hmm. three targets, four targets, five targets. Oh, lo and behold, here we go. Eleven targets, one hundred and forty-nine yards, two touchdowns. That mm-hmm. was against New England. And then it's eight targets, seven, four targets. And then, oh, lo and behold, an 11 target game. And he's going for it. And it's like that all the way through. (laughs) It's like, surprise, surprise. You give CD Lamb double digit targets, he has a good game. And look how quickly Mike was able to look that up from his cell phone. You would think the Cowboys, you know, internally with all the data analytics they have, they can just think, yeah. of, hey, how about we get CD Lamb the ball more, you know, or Amari Cooper the ball more, like, you know. Yeah, it's, 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 it just is crazy. And, you know, we, we talk about Debo Samuel because I thought, well, while I'm here, I'll pick it up. And then you're just going through it. 12 targets, 8 targets, 10 targets, 12 targets, 10 targets, 9 targets. That's Debo Samuel. Mm-hmm. And like you say, yeah, the drops are there as well. Yeah, I mean, the drop rate is... It's really bad, <laughs> but it doesn't matter, does it? If you go in, hold on, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven games in a row where he's got minimum of sixty yards or more, and the game. Oh, the internet's dropped. I think what Mike was saying is right. It's, it's it, opportunity. Well, Graham, if you can grab that question from Joe, I'll answer your question, Joe, because, and I and I see this narrative when it comes to City Lamb, right? It's like when Mari Cooper went down with COVID, City Lamb disappeared. I'm like, yeah, he did disappear. He disappeared with a concussion. Like, <laughs> you know, that's, that's why he disappeared, right? He didn't play. And, well, he played a quarter in the Chiefs game, right? And then he had the concussion, and then he didn't play versus Vegas. And so you can't really judge who C.D. Lamb is without Amari Cooper, but only in one quarter, I guess. If So if you want to say that, you know, he disappeared in that first quarter, like, well, no, Chris Jones pretty much just dominated that entire quarter. That's why everyone disappeared. But it's like, you know, I feel like C.D. Lamb is just, I don't know. I'm not sure if it's the 88 thing. I'm not sure when it comes to, I think the problem with Cowboys fans and C.D. Lamb, he has 88 and he doesn't match that 88 attitude you know he's just not a dog and you know yelling but it's like listen first and foremost he really never even wanted that number they kind of forced it on him but Mm -hmm. that's just not his personality but make no mistakes about it he is quote unquote one of the most talented wide receivers in the nfl you just got to give him opportunity and it's like i don't want to force all the blame on kellen moore i also have to personally put some of that blame on Dak prescott because i did a video and just go into the playoff game. Like, if you look out there and you see CeeDee Lamb or what was Amari Cooper at the time, one-on-one coverage, no safety help, I don't care what the play is. Take your guy over their guy, you know? But it's just like, you know, it's just that whole thought process where it's more like system over superstar. Because I live here in Kansas City, and, like, you go back to the Buffalo game when Pat Mahomes mentioned, he was like, they Eric enemy called a play, 
And and he said that Travis Kelsey came to him and said, no, we're not running that. Give me the ball. And then he's like, all right, I'm trusting my guy. And look what happened. So sometimes you just got to have that. You know, I always go back to, you know, 2014, you know, when the whole Dez Carter situation, game on the line, Lambeau Field, playoffs. You know what? Romo just said, you know what? I'm going to my guy. <laughs> you, know, like, you know what? Your guy cannot stop my guy. And I'm going to him. And so I just need – just a little bit more of that in Dak, and hopefully we get that because he's going to need it. He's going to look at situations where it's going to be like, I got to take CD over this guy and trust my guy's going to come down with it, and I trust CD will. See, say yeah. flip it that way as well. You, you're paying me quite all this money as well. You want the ball. You're not paying Dak, what, is it? Yeah, 40 million a year. So I'm the ball to Zeke every, every play. Mm. You say, let him make decisions and, and to fair, I don't know what, what you think. To me, it felt like I kind of even, even when even when Tony Romo was, was, was it kind of felt like the offense was a little bit under reins and it never had that freedom of say what a Tom Brady or a, a Peyton Mind that could get to the line and say, you know what, this is what they're called, this is what I see, I'm going to mm-hmm. change the play. Kind of like, no, you stick to what I can tell you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're playing all these these big back to your receivers and your running backs and your, and your wide receivers. That's let him make plays in the, in the huddle. Go against him, like you say. Um, Travis Kelsey can go and say no. You know they're out there. They can see what's going. Do you know what I mean? let, let these players do what you pay them to do. Go mm-hmm. out and win your football in games. Don't just mm-hmm. stick to the grain because Helen Moore gets scared and put, puts the simple playbook out. Do you know what I mean? Just get it creative, and that's how you win. That's how you win games. That's how you win. Yeah, and I think that's the hardest part when it comes to Dak because him and Kellen have a relationship like this, you know. So it's like more of a trust thing versus oh, this guy don't know what the hell he's talking about. Versus like when Tony was the quarterback, Tony was like, "Man, I'm not running that. Scrap that," you know. And it's just like, so I feel like that's more the problem is, and that's why I kind of said this online is like, I wish that Dak had a John Kitna, someone in his ear and be like, "Bro, don't run that damn play." Yeah. No, 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 no. You see this guy, if this safety comes down, you go to Amari Cooper every time. Like, don't even look. You know, like, that's what he needs, someone that can get him off script to kind of think, you know. It's just like, but he doesn't have it, so he just kind of goes with the reads, you know, because I feel like what really happened to the Cowboys after that Denver game, we let the defense dictate what offense we're going to run. Mm-hmm. You know, if it was too high safety, then we would try to run. You know, so it's like they were basing everything off the defensive looks. And from that standpoint – the defense was able to dictate what we run. And the most prevalent game when that happened was when we played the Cardinals because they moved Buda Baker all over the field. And Dak was check, check, red. I mean, wait, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know what's going on. You know, so we were doing yeah. so much of the line of scrimmage because we were instead of, of having an identity, like, no, what I don't give a damn where he's at. We're gonna run the ball down his throat. You know, as it comes back to having an identity offensively. Well, here's a question for you then. You're talking of identity. What do you think that this cowboy's identity is? That's the big question. We'll do a little bit of this, a little bit of that, you know. <laughs> what is it? You know what I mean? I'm trying to figure out, like, you know, I'm watching camp, and the first thing that was springing into my mind is, so what? What's going to be this team's identity? What is the thing? What's What's it going to be? I, I don't know. I'm with you, Tuck. Like. <clears throat> because I mean the idea a lot of people think because Mike McCarthy kind of mentioned we're going to be more physical more dominant so they think Tyler Smith 
Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard getting back mm. to the run game. But Less we penalties. all, yeah, but we all know we're sitting there watching versus Tampa on Sunday night. We get stopped two yard game, we get stopped three yard game, we get past three and out. Kellen Moore is going to scrap that run game and get yeah. past happy. So yeah. you have to be able to commit to it if you want to be a run team. You can't just say, well, it didn't work because that's what happened last year versus Tampa. Mm-hmm. Like people thought and just assumed that Tampa was stopping the run. Like, no, Zeke was getting four yards of carry. The problem is he only gave him six carries. So it's like, all right, so, <laughs> yeah, you know, you yeah. got to find an identity because like the 49ers, right? When things hit the fan, they know what to get back to. All right, let's yeah, get back yeah. to the run game. You know, yeah, yeah. and that's my thing with the Cowboys. If you want to be pass dominant, well, then load up the clip and be pass dominant mm-hmm. and commit to it. Like, load and commit to it. Yeah. Right, yeah. And so it's like, but find an identity. I feel like it's just game to game. So we might be a passing team versus Tampa. We might be a run game here and there. We might be a little bit of, I don't know <laughs> whether identity is offensively, but they definitely yeah. find one. Because when the season finished, one of the things I said that I can that I see with Callum Moore is kind of like a similarity with Gara is that they're very similar in their set ways, but it's just mm-hmm. inversed. So they're like yin and yang in terms of their philosophies, but mm-hmm. in the way that they will stick to a flow. So like, you know, Garrett was always, we always knew it. It was run, run, pass. Mm-hmm. You just knew that was, right. that yeah. was every down was run, run, pass. Oh, right. Third down, yeah. right. Pass. Like right. it seems to be the inverse with Callum Moore. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, I, and I think the hardest part with Kellen, and I've been trying to explain this, is when if I'm Kellen Moore, what my difference is going to be, well, look what our offense did last year. Our offense exactly. was number one in scoring and yardage and all, you know. So we yeah. just got to do a few tweaks and we can get right back to that. When mm-hmm. knowing a lot of that was fool's gold versus 50 on the Eagles and 40 <laughs> on the Eagles and, you know, 40 on the Giants, you know, yeah, yeah, and so, yeah, and Atlanta, right? But when we really needed that game plan, it wasn't there. I feel like Kellen Moore is an incredible play designer. He's just not a play caller. So I Agree. I said that. You you just yeah. literally t- – you've, you've heard me say that before, I swear, because that's what I said. <laughs> we're we're but, here. We're in sync, Mike. We're in <laughs> As a play designer, because you watch his play designs and mm-hmm. you think really clever, creative, mm-hmm exactly what you need to do but what i always find with him is with his play calling is it'll go fine and all of a sudden they'll hit like a, a brick wow. in the road or something mm-hmm. and all of a sudden then you'll notice it for the rest of the game that like it seems to be like his play sequencing mm-hmm. all of a sudden goes out of sync and you're right. watching because every plane needs to have a purpose and all of a sudden you're watching it you're like well what did you do that for what why did you right. Why did you call that play? That doesn't mit- that like doesn't my fit. My biggest frustration was the, the pass play they threw to Terrence Steele. I think that was versus Washington, right? <laughs> Why yeah. would you waste that versus yeah. Washington in a blowout game where that could have saved us Keep in San hope. Francisco? Yeah, like, it yeah. was just like, you know, but it's like, all right, well, I got this one cute play. I just can't wait to show everybody. And, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You know watch, watch this. I'm going to put three tackles in, you know, watch this, you know. It, and it's yeah. just like, all right, you got it. But it's just like, what's next, you know? To what end? Yeah. 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 Ooh, ooh, watch this. They never see me put uh, Tyron Smith out there, <laughs> wide receiver. I got him. And it's like, yeah, all like right. A Cedric, a Cedric Wilson throwing a touchdown. Yeah, pass. yeah. Like, so, save it for when it's important. Like, right, yeah. We did We didn't not need that we're up by 30 right now <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly yeah uh, it, it just you find the sequencing would just be all uh you just kind of like i don't get it i don't get mm-hmm. what you're trying to what what it is you're trying to do there but let's talk about something really really important is it seems to be o-line o-line is the big thing and we've always said it that every team in the nfl will always say they wish they had more o-line man so there we go 
no difference for the for the Cowboys here. But we got an interesting battle going on. Um, and we wrote it in one of our battles was swing tackle, but also mm. Connor McGovern versus Tyler Smith. Now, when we put that out, a lot of people used some swear words, um, calling us names. But I, I, it, it, it's there. It's already happened. We're seeing Conor McGovern playing the left guard position and then Tyler Smith coming in. I actually think, and Jamie made it, and I, I, when you said it to me, I, I kind of discounted it. But now when you look at it, it is possible that what if it's not? What if McGovern is going to be a left guard and really it's Terrence Steele versus Tyler Smith for right tackle? To be fair, so that was that was on the um, on the break yesterday. We, that was uh, it. Sorry, I thought you said it. I was like, look, look at it, smart no, no. I'm not that intelligent to figure out, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it, it made sense. Um, it does in a way. In a way, that is it. Is not a better right tackle? And then you're looking at your you're looking at Conor McGovern against Terence Steele. Is that, is that which is the odd man out there? And it made. Sense to be fair. Like when you say best five, you go, right, who are my best five offensive linemen? Is McGovern better than Steele? At what position? Guard? Uh, just as a, an offensive lineman. I, I would say no. Yeah, that, I, I'm, that, I'm kind of sat on the fence with it. Yeah, because I feel I feel like Terrence Steele, and here's the hard part when it comes to Terrence Steele, because I've had numerous interactions yeah, when it comes yeah. to I feel like last year when he came in versus the Chargers we were all just praying for dear life like please yeah, because yeah. he had a horrible 2020 season mm -hmm. and so when he was out there playing decent no one really paid him much attention right and it was mm -hmm. like okay yeah but here's my always I, I kind of heart back when it comes to Terrence Steele if Terrence Steele was the right tackle of the future and the Cowboys knew that why did Lyle just get his job back instantly they put team captain on Lyle's back last yeah. year as well yeah. and plugged him in and played him in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like that's full negligence from the Cowboys standpoint. It's like, all right, we know this Terrence Steele is playing better than Lyle Collins. We know he's our right tackle of the future, but let's plug in Lyle Collins back in there when we plan to cut him in June. Like it just it didn't doesn't... make sense to me. No, so no, no. I feel like Terrence Steele has work and he's improved. But mm. we haven't seen Terrence still play a full NFL season at a high cool. level. Yeah, it's yeah, different yeah. playing with a few games here and there where you know, all right, the other guy's coming back, so I always got to fill that void, right? Yeah. So, And you can you help know, scheme with the other guys. Yeah, ex exactly, mm. exactly. So, you know, I, I think that Tyler Smith will play left guard this year. I think so, too. I think he yeah. will. But what's unfortunate is now, since Terrence still is going to be our quote-unquote right tackle starting, we lose our swing tackle. But even though he wasn't even good at left tackle and swing anyway, so it's just like, yeah, you know. But I feel but like Terrence still is going to start. Well, I think, and I, I don't know what your guys take on it. Because when Jay, and I, I went back and I was watching some some of the, the tape of training camp, and um, what I'm thinking is, I'm although they haven't got much time to do this, so they really mm -hmm. need to try and figure it out very, very quick, is I think they're pulling McGovern out. Uh, pu sorry, putting McGovern in and leaving Tyler out, because I think they're trying to have a look at, right, so what's it like when Tyron Smith gets injured? What does this mm -hmm. look like? So we're going to put McGovern in at left guard, and Tyler Smith will kick out. Mm -hmm. 
And I think that's what they're trying is that this is just what they're trying. They're trying just to have a look like schematically, you know, like as a blueprint, what does mm -hmm. this look like? So as and when it happens, we've got, these are our guys from right to left and Tyron Smith goes down. So Smith will exchange Smith, Smith, the two Smiths mm -hmm. and McGovern kicks in. That's yeah, what I, I think. I think, I think that's the plan. And I think yeah. that's the, the future plan as well, you know? So it's like, all right, mm -hmm. you know, I think that Tyler Smith is going to be our left tackle of the future forever. And Tyron moves on, but yeah. they just need a stash spot for him, you know? And that, mm -hmm. and that, and that's why a lot of people didn't understand the draft pick self included, because, you know, when I scouted Tyler Smith, I had tweets saying, you know, I love what I saw, but he never played guard. So I wasn't thinking, okay, yeah. we can <laughs> plug him at guard, right? Cause he never played that position. So I think they're going to plug him in there at left guard. And then if something does happen to Tyron Smith, which we can pretty much say it, it probably will, it will. They're going to try to kick Tyler out and plug in, in Connor McGovern at left guard. Yeah, and I think that's just I think perhaps maybe because you know it's all about continuity with the O line. It you mm -hmm. know get your best five guys uh, and just leave it. Just don't touch it. Leave it mm -hmm. there. Um, uh, I think that they want to try and you are sorry, uh, I, I was just going to say it's a shame that in terms of being able to look at is that the NFL changed the off-season rulings as it is because I know he's a, he's a fan favorite but it would have been nice to see how we could have fit in there and I just don't think there's a lot of time to to see that and you're going to kick Tyler's outside tackle and then like I say put a lot in there because from from the, the games he had in prison last year it looked, it looked really good and it's just, there's just so little that you can do in soft season. Like I say it's more getting up to speed, fitness wise, in it, and just kind of, yeah. Getting I, that I think if you want to try anything, like in terms of what does it look like with different players in, it's best to do it early. I think, like at this mm -hmm. stage of training camp, because obviously as you get further down the road, you want that those best five guys to just get a feel and a continuity because mm -hmm. it's it, it, as stable as you can get that offensive line. Right. And I think the best time to do it is early, like now. And I think as we get further down the road, you'll just see. And I think it's going to be maybe as soon as early next week where you really, you go, right, no, this is it. They put our yeah. best five offensive linemen in. Let's stop doing the shuffling around. These get are them as guys. much work as possible. I mean, the only shuffling I can see yeah. possibly done if you have Matt Farniok, Farniok, I'll yeah, just put last yeah. If he pushes for the center position, yeah. Um, I've but said this too. I think, I think right now is probably just Tyler Smith at left guard, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, yeah. I, I think at the minute, who would, would you all say is your best five? So much uncertainty in there. And it used to be so much of, of the offense line, like literally, it was probably the one position or the one position group that you were like, I know. Yeah, I would go with Best five, I'm saying Tyron, left Tyler, Tyler, Zach, and uh, Terrence, Lyle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but what is ironic, mind you, talking of Lyle and Jerry Jones talked about uh, um, about availability, Lyle's on pub. 
Yeah, a lot of L's on his pup. So, you know, but I guarantee Cowboys fans, a lot of Cowboys fans, like, see, it was good. We got rid of him. Don't <laughs> worry. Yeah, Lyle will be there live in the flesh week two. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, he will be starting this season. Yeah, he be, yeah he's going to be starting, man, and watching me out there moving like he never moved <laughs> in life. So, but um, let's finish off with this. Uh, and then I'm going to get your guys' um, players of camp so far. Um, so your your camp queen so far. Um, the, the only thing I want to uh, ask you guys is how you feel about the kickers not doing any kicker practice at the moment. Because you know, I, I think I think this season rides a lot on the kickers. Oh, there's a lot. You know, they were just sitting back yesterday, just having conversation, yeah. stretching a little bit, bit. stretching. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, come on, man. So yeah, and I think that is the position a lot of people just haven't looked at because. I forget it cost us a lot of games going back to Tampa last year. I was out there, yep. left nine points on the board. So, yep. you know, some two unproven kickers out there. Are they going to be able to handle the flashing lights of Sunday night football? And you want to know their limitations and what their ranges is like, man, I don't want to see no conversations and chit chat. I want to see some leg actions. So. Yeah, I, I just don't get it. Like just get them. What's holding you back from just like getting even your assistant special teams kicking coach or even someone from the office just to go mm -hmm. grab a ball and go, right, there we go. Uh, right. Kick it between the post and I'll throw it back to you. Right. <laughs> yeah. What, what you, I, you, I, know, I, you know what we're doing for, don't you? Because we've just all been taking the mick out of Callum Marley. He's been out the playbook up. And we're just going <laughs> to see that the Cowboys are going to go for it on fourth down every time. Yeah, just go for it. I mean, <laughs> there was times last year I was like, just do it, man. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm with you. Yeah. But it just seems to me that last season we have so much trouble with field goals, um, you know, a lot riding on these pressure kicks. Mm -hmm. You've got two unproven guys in so you can have a kicking battle. They've done nothing in OTAs. They've done nothing so far. Not much kicking apart from against a wall. And here we are at camp and they're still doing nothing. I, I just don't get what the holdup is. I don't understand it. Yeah. Very weird. But anyway, let's get to it then, guys. Let's get your... What has been your camp player, your camp queen of uh, the week so far? And I'll let our very special guest, Mr. J. Tuck, take the first option. Who's been your player so far and why? Yeah, I would go with, you know, I'll say pet cat and players as far as Jalen Tober. I feel like he's the most like important it. piece when it comes to our offense. I like what I saw yesterday in scrimmages, and I like what I saw today in drills and everything. So I hope him and Dak continues to, to continue mm -hmm. that training connection because it's definitely going to be important. So I'll go with Jalen Tobert offensively and then defensively. It's a cheat code, Micah Parsons, man. He's just <laughs> he's out there doing whatever he wants, you yeah. know, so like, you know. It's, it's exciting to see him out there, but I also tossed out Jabril Cox. I like what he's, I saw from him yesterday as well. Yeah. All right. Go on then, Greg. Give me yours. So I'm going to go with Tyler Smith. Basically, the nice. the hype of the hype of being a first round pick and um, any kind of report I've seen on Twitter is that he doesn't put a foot wrong. He doesn't get much wrong. He he um, he he's stepping up to the plate early doors, and that's what we need to see because, like we know that. Um, we used to we used to have a solid offensive line, and we're trying to get back to that. I think by spending by spending a first round pick on a guard on a guard tackle, we're trying to get back to that. And yeah. um, I applaud the Joneses for at least doing that. So uh, on offense, it's going to be Tyler Smith, and on defense, yeah, I, I can't argue with Tuck's pick. It's got to be Michael Parsons. Um, did, did you see him? Did you see him smoke Smith? Yeah. On a yeah, on a pat. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so he's ready. Um, yeah, and he's yeah. gonna he's gonna be a huge player in defense this year. And he's lost some weight too. Mm-hmm. He has, he has yeah. lost some weight. Um talking of losing weight, Mike McCarthy's lost weight too. Yeah, well that's, swim, that's down to stress. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, all right. Uh, give me yours, then, Jay, and then I'll finish off with mine. Um, I'm gonna go with Michael Gallup. I just think more so to see, yeah, I like it. How, how much he's come on. I mean, that was a devastating injury. Um, mm-hmm. could have got probably gone one or two ways from it, but he seems to, from what we were allowed to see in training camp, he's. He's pretty much there, and it's just more now, just getting kind of up to gain speed. He doesn't like he lost a step, um, which sometimes with them injuries you see people do. He's, yeah, that's that's the, that's the one for me. And I, I think if we, you see him, he's pointing in the right direction. We're not going to lose him for as as long as we as we thought we would do. So maybe this offense isn't in dire stress as we would like to believe at the minute. I like it. All right, then I'm going to go, my guy, on offense, I'm going to go with Rico Dowdle. Mm. I did like what I saw. Um, he was very, he was, you know, I know his training camp, the pads aren't on and all the rest of it. But so far, for a guy who had hip injuries and um, what was the other injury he had? Ankle. Um, so those two, you know, to come straight in and do what he did and what we've seen so far, I'm happy with that. On defense, I'm going to go with Anthony Brown. Oh, yeah, pick six. Yeah, started off the season uh, strong, training camp. Um, you could say tank, but uh, because he's looking – he another guy who's trimmed down a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've we gone back to, like, you know, like rookie tank, how he looked back then. So that's going to be quite interesting. I think that's going to help him with the injuries, most certainly. Um, but I'm going to go with that. Sorry, before we go, can we ask Tuck yes. your big defensive end question? <laughs> oh my! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh right, yeah. Sorry, we asked everybody, and it's still actually, um, it's still going, it's still doing the round. <laughs> so here's one for you, Tech. We put this out. We we, we do some every now and then. Got different mm. various ones floating about. I'm going to put the new one out tomorrow. But is Demarcus Lawrence a top ten defensive end? Not pass rusher, defensive end. Yes, he is. There we go. Yeah, yeah. I feel like Demarcus Lawrence does a lot of things that doesn't show up on the stat sheet. And I feel like Demarcus Lawrence would have had a lot higher uptick when it comes to the sacks last year, but he's had that damn line and Micah Parsons beating him to the punch. So, (laughs) you know, I feel like Demarcus Lawrence is going to have a a great season, but he makes everything go because a lot of people shift coverage his side, slide protection his side. So, Mm. you know, the tricky part now is that you add him for a full season with Micah Parsons, pick your poison. So, Either Micah Parsons going to get one-on-one or Demarcus Lawrence or or whoever. Maybe that's Armstrong, Williams, or Fowler. So there's going to be opportunity for a lot of these pass rushes to get one-on-one on on pass rushes. So hopefully they'll take advantage of it. But, yeah, I think Demarcus Lawrence is top top 10. I would probably have him at nine, I would say. Yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of like literally what we were saying. Like Mm -hmm. around like the lower end of it, you know? Right, yeah. Seven, eight, nine. 10 even if you want to but right. yeah we're there yeah. for, for various reasons like you pointed out um 
it, it does. It, it's still floating around that post, getting very heated. Very yeah, heated. Uh, you know. But of course, Cowboys fans don't like anybody gets paid. So once you get paid, you know, it's like no. Yeah, that's it. has to have forty-five sacks a season and make sure he's worth yeah. that contract. So it. and it's like you know, you make a point, and where like you you know, you see all these quarterbacks, and you're like, oh look, Dak is now only ranked eighth in the league now, right. and. Don't like that because he's still like, yeah, he's still not worth forty million a year. And you're like, oh, right? Okay, whatever. Yeah. I, I I can't argue with these people. Yeah, <laughs> it's real football discussion time now. So all of that stuff, I, mean, I don't even do it anymore, man. Yeah, like, I, I, I'm Dak exactly threw, the same. Dak threw a pick six yesterday, and my chat just let out. I see. I told you he's. Oh my yeah. Lord, have mercy. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Funnily enough, same thing today that um schultz run on a slant and dak through the ball and hit the dirt and it was like oh see and he's just like inaccurate yeah yeah Inpractic. okay but let me see some of your practice video <laughs> <laughs> yeah of, of your work yeah yeah um, yeah yeah let me see you in training at work you know like, yeah. <laughs> yeah but um i mean yes we'll wrap that up uh for today mate we'll let you go um because we're just going to do all Paying the bill stuff now, but thank you very much for joining Thanks us. Thanks for having me, guys. Anytime. Yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll do it again. Uh, we got when we get a bit closer to the end of the before the season starts, we're going to do a fifty-three man roster projection. We'll get you Let's on for that because that'll be a lot of fun. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, uh, I will yeah. message you, and um hopefully my internet won't be playing up. I won't <laughs> be screaming because of teeth hurt. Yeah, the mind of his own. <laughs> Yeah, here we go. But thank you very much, Sam. We'll see Thanks, you again. How going? Okay, you so we will uh, go through some of the things we finish off the show with. Make sure you go and follow all our friends here. These are all people that... Follow. And Jamie, hit me with this, baby. If you're thinking of going to see the Cowboys... This season, um, I want to get the best and trip help our, our good friends and our sponsor Cowboys Experience for the ultimate Cowboys experience. Meet and greets, stadium tours, tailgates, get to meet legends like the original 88 person, um, current players, DCC. And if you're thinking of booking it, make sure you use the special code of UK Cowboys because if you do that, what do you get, guys? Free stuff, and of course, as well, go go check our social media to go check our travel package that we have booked for 2023. So make sure you go and check that out. You won't want to be missing that. As they say, uh, no great adventure ever started with the words "while well, I stayed in." Along <laughs> 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 with many words, words of wisdom, Mark, as usual, Mark. Oh, by the way, just in, as we're about to leave, officially, Michael Gala has been ruled out for week one. We're not surprised. We're not Is surprised. That? Disappointed, because it would be nice to see him on the field, but not surprised. <laughs> but it has been officially ruled out. But anyway, that is it for this week, guys. I am all done. Graham and Jamie are going to finish us off with the last word, and we'll see you all again next week. Football's back, baby. Yeah. Enjoy the rest of your week. Stay safe and we'll catch you next week. <laughs>